0: Hey everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Um, today's interview is going to be a little different. Um, some of you may be familiar with Youth Pastor Theologian, uh, which is a ministry that Mike McGarry uh, has started, and you'll hear more about that in, in just a little bit. Um, we decided to do a crossover interview. And so, Mike and I met, and I interviewed him about Youth Pastor Theologian, as well as some of his books that I would highly recommend, and they will be in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, But then he interviews me uh, about RYM, about the local Youth Worker podcast, and some other resources. So Uh, What you're about to hear is, I think it's first my interview with Mike, and then we'll have a break, and then he'll interview me, and so as this begins, he'll be introducing himself, and then I'll introduce myself, so uh, I hope you enjoy this.
1: I'm Mike McGarry, and I am the founder and director of Youth Pastor Theologian. I'm married to my wife, Tracy, uh, who's a public educator. Uh, we're at 19 years, uh, going strong, and next year's 20th anniversary. So uh, we got to plan something good. Uh, John, I saw you guys just cross the 20-year <laughs> mark, so maybe we can talk about some uh, anniversary ideas offline. Absolutely. Um, I got two, two teenage-aged uh, kids at home. Uh, was a youth pastor for 18 years uh, before recently starting to lead youth pastor theologian full time and I've written a few books that I think we're going to talk about in a little bit so it's a little bit about me
0: and I'm John Parrott I am the director of resources for Reformed Youth Ministries I've been on staff with them about seven years. And prior to that, uh, was a youth director, a youth intern, director of junior high ministries, some, uh, youth ministry capacity for uh, about 20 years, a little over. Um, I'm married to Ashley, as Mike said, um, we've been married or just hit 20 years this past June. Um, had a great time in Jamaica. Yeah. Mike, love to tell you about that. (laughs) All right. Now we're talking. Yeah. And, uh, we have five children. Um, two of them are teenagers and then, uh, 11 year old, nine year old, seven year old. Um, and I get their names right most of the time, but (laughs) I can also mess that up a little bit. Um, yeah. And also have written a little bit and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those details a little bit more later. Um, and Mike and I were talking a little pre-recording. Uh, we know we're going to have some kind of intro that will be on our own individual, uh, podcast channels. Um, and so, uh, I think we've said, yeah, Mike's going to be kind of the focus of, uh, and Mike and his, his ministry, the focus of this first part of the the interview, and then we'll uh, get into some other things with, with RYM. Um, Mike, for our listeners, uh, why don't you tell us, um, I guess let's start with, with Youth Pastor Theologian, and then we'll go back and talk about some of your books as yeah. well. Um, when did this idea come along? When, when did you kind of <laughs> formally start this? And, and just, you know, a little bit more about the ministry.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I I started the website, um, youthpastortheologian.com, in May of 2020, so uh, 2021, Uh, so it's a little over two years old, and um, I I have been writing uh, about and blogging about youth ministry and gospel-centered youth ministry and um, theology and youth ministry for uh, quite some time. And was uh chewing over different uh ideas for a new website and a new blog. And uh I didn't want it to be micmagarry.com. I really <laughs> wanted to try to help youth workers to really embrace the role of theology and theological depth and student ministry. And then I, I randomly thought back to my Twitter profile, actually. And so when I first joined Twitter, I wrote a bio for myself. And, um, I don't know how long ago that was, but I put youth pastor theologian in my Twitter bio like 10 or 12 years ago. Um, and so I thought about my Twitter bio and I was like, youth pastor theologian. Yeah, that'll work. (laughs) And so it's kind of just stuck and, um, it's kind of a bit of a unique name, but it's very descriptive of uh, what it is we're about. So, uh, Mm -hmm. youth pastor theologian or, or YPT, um is a ministry that's committed to helping youth workers to practice theology in ministry. Uh, we're not trying to, uh, make teenagers little theological scholars or, (laughs) or anything. Uh, we're trying to help them be Christians, right? And, And so that involves doctrine and what does it mean to be a Christian? Uh, what does it mean to think Christianly? Um, right. What, what makes our faith, uh, unique, different from the faith of their peers at school and in their communities. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, we just want to help serve and train youth workers to think biblically uh, first and foremost about what youth ministry is. I, I think mm-hmm. that's a question we don't really talk about nearly often enough. Uh, we we want to jump straight to how do I do it better mm-hmm. without really ever asking, but what are we doing? Like biblically speaking, What is youth ministry? So we want to help youth workers uh, have conversations about that question. And then the second emphasis has to do with uh, training youth workers to uh, teach theologically with confidence, Um, recognizing there's a a bit of a distinction between teaching theology and teaching theologically. Uh, There's obviously a significant overlap, um, but we want to always be teaching theologically so that we're raising up students into a biblical worldview, uh, so that they, um, yeah, are, are thinking and living, um, from a a biblical, uh, viewpoint, viewpoint and worldview. So, Mm -hmm. um, youth pastor theologian has a blog, uh, we have a website, um, a very small YouTube channel. Not sure (laughs) if anything's ever going to happen with that. And, uh, we have a pretty active Facebook group too, um, that somehow has kind of blown up in the last few months. Nice. Yeah, so that's a little bit about YPT.
0: Yeah, and and for those who are listening, I'll, I'll put uh, links in the show notes uh, to Youth Pastor Theologian. Um, and so you you talked about you, you've got a blog, um, a little bit of a YouTube uh, channel, uh, and um, a podcast. Do you want to talk a little bit more about your podcast? Just kind of the frequency of it, uh, you know, how often it, uh, episodes drop, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, happy to do that. So, uh, the Youth Pastor Theologian podcast uh, comes out on Tuesdays uh, over uh, most weeks uh, throughout the school year. So we take a little bit of a break during the summer, um, and then a little bit of break around major holidays. Um, but for the most part, uh, the Youth Pastor Theologian podcast features a conversation like what we're having today uh, between myself and a guest about some area of theology um and ministry uh theological depth so uh we've talked with uh recently with Sean McGever about theology of evangelism and conversion right how does our our doctrine of conversion uh affect the way we share the gospel um and he's a uh, real sharp thinker right so we want to have like it's not just practical how to tips right but like really digging into um how does doctrine drive practice um, you know, other conversations about uh, essentials of a biblical worldview and um, ministry to students with special needs. And how do we think mm-hmm. biblically and theologically about um, about um, students with disability? And mm-hmm. how do we minister to um, parents who recently get uh, that diagnosis for their child? And mm-hmm. right? so uh, just a, a blend of real practical stuff that we're bringing theological depth to, and then other topics that are more explicitly doctrinal that mm-hmm. we're bringing a student ministry perspective to. So that's kind of the interchange with yeah. what we try to focus on in our podcast.
0: Yeah, that that's great. And um, I, I want to say too, kind of backing up a little bit, I think the first time I heard about you or just got to know you was through Walt Mueller. Um, yeah, same, same. and Yeah. And so you, uh, you went, or I guess your demon. You studied under him. Is that right? Is that how you guys first met? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So I, and, I did the the demon program um, at Gordon Conwell.
0: Okay, and then shortly after there, it, it seems that your first book I read was it a, a Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry? Is that the title? Yep okay and I definitely I want to point people to that book that was a very helpful book and uh, for those youth workers out there and you're kind of saying those who are just kind of doing youth ministry but not really giving a whole lot of thought to kind of theological foundation for that's a, a great book um, but then also your uh, second book I believe lead them to Jesus mm-hmm. um, th- those who listen to the local youth worker podcast rym's podcast Mike came on a long time ago I cannot remember when to talk about that book and that book i, I want to continue to point people to that book i know people uh, use that and have heard of that book for for those of you who have not heard of that book i would say if you're in youth ministry it's a must own it is um, it's, it's a book you can obviously read cover to cover, but it's kind of a, a reference book. I mean, you can just pick up and jump into different chapters because you've got two sections. You've got kind of, uh, basic biblical truths, I think is the first section and then kind of practical, um, things again, where, where, theology is informing kind of some of the more practical elements of, um, of youth ministry, but maybe just talk a little bit about lead them to Jesus as well
1: yeah um, so I the idea for that books came out from when I was starting at a new a, a new church and was thinking through how do I get my my team of volunteers on the same page And what I'd uh, found the hard way uh, previously in ministry is that you can use the same vocabulary, together and sound like you're agreeing, (laughs) but you're using a very different dictionary. So you're you're saying the same thing, you're agreeing with each other, but what you mean is something completely different. (laughs) Um, And so a lot of that happens when we talk about gospel-centered youth ministry um, and Bible-based youth ministry. And uh, of course, everyone agrees to that, but what (laughs) do we mean by it? So I thought through, okay, so I want to talk through um, these topics with my youth leaders. And I wrote out a whole list of topics. And next thing I knew, I had way too many <laughs> topics to <laughs> realistically go through with them. Um, and so, I'll, well, I, I like writing. So maybe I'll just write a few just short articles for for them and then kind of realize, well, I think this is the table of contents for a book. This, you know, If I'm writing these out for my youth workers anyways, I might as well see if a publisher might want to make this beneficial for more than just me and my youth leaders. And uh, so Lead Them to Jesus really came out from my own need for a resource like that in my in my ministry. So uh, the first half of the book focuses on um, biblical and theological truths that, that just volunteer youth workers uh, who haven't been to Bible college or seminary, and they don't really consider themselves theologians, but they you know, students are asking real questions. And mm-hmm. so do the volunteers in our ministry uh, have um, the confidence to actually engage into those conversations or do they kind of just like pass those off and say, oh, go talk to Pastor Mike, go talk to John. <laughs> like, go, like do, do they just shrug those questions off? Uh, and then the other uh, half of the book is, is focused on just really the nuts and bolts, um, the practical elements of how the gospel shapes everything in our ministry from uh, the way we recruit new volunteers and train them uh, to the way we play games and um, plan events and retreats, uh, the way we handle discipline, uh, the way we uh, engage with uh, short-term, long-term missions trips, the way we partner with parents, the way obviously we are teaching. Uh, So just the whole uh, sweep of uh, things we do in ministry. Um, yeah, each chapter uh, in that second half really wants to be uh, deliberate about applying the gospel at the heart of every element of our student ministry, not just our evangelism.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no, it, it is so good and it covers so much. And uh, again, just want to encourage people to pick that up. And I'm glad as you are even talking Um, it's an excellent resource to give volunteers. As you were saying, those volunteers who are passionate about youth ministry helping, but haven't been able to go to seminary or Bible college um, covers a lot where, again, these are short chapters. So, uh, you know, busy volunteers who are doing something else, they could pick this up and, you know, read a chapter. Some of them are two to three pages. Some might be a little shorter, some might be a little bit longer, but um, yeah, such Each a great resource,
1: basically a blog post. Mm-hmm. So, cause I was like my volunteers, I've, I've tried getting my volunteers to read books before and it just, it's always been a struggle, <laughs> but, um, and, and uh, great volunteers, committed volunteers. So I'm not sure. criticizing. It's just, <laughs> it, it's just hard. Right. Let's face sure. it. Um, yeah. so short chapters, easy to read, easy to skim, easy to discuss together. Um, when you meet with your team uh to choose you know one or two chapters to mm-hmm. read ahead of time to discuss as you meet with your volunteer team
0: yeah and so it At RYM's Youth Leader Training, as well as our summer conferences, we have a book table, and that book has been featured on that book table at each of those events, and will continue to be on there because it's just such a helpful resource. And and this summer, we had your newest book um, on our book table, um, Discover, Questioning Your Way to Faith. Is that it? Did I get the subtitle right? Got it. And it's got a cool cover. It's got a big question mark on it. And it's like a cutout on the cover. So you can kind of flip it open and there's a bunch of question marks inside. Anyway, I think I think it's a cool design. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not been able to read it, as I was telling you before recording. Um, I think some of it, it I think it's sold out on our book table. So I didn't get one. But um, tell us a little bit about this book, uh, kind of the yeah. origins of it. How did this come about? And then we'll dig in a little bit.
1: Yeah, so interesting is that um, when I got my copies of Lead Them to Jesus was actually during a student service week at church. So the the church was full of students from my youth group doing service projects, and then my my author co- copies of the book came in. So you know we kind of like circled people up, and uh, my youth leaders made a big deal out of it and everything, <laughs> and so we got the book out and passed it around and some of the students were opening up and reading the table of contents of lead them to Jesus. And that first section of, um, answering students theological questions, some of the students were like, Oh, like if this was written for teenagers, I would mm-hmm. totally read this. Cause yeah, these are questions that I have asked and that I'm curious about. So I was like, Oh, well, okay. Uh, so I talked with the publisher at new growth press, and said, hey, this is what some of the students said. Um, what do you think about, you know, kind of revisiting some of these chapters, maybe adding a few others, and, um, you know, repurposing some of this and rewriting some of it so that we're providing some good theological content for students, and so that's really what happened. So some of the chapters were um, just edited. Uh, a lot of them were pretty pretty heavily um kind of reworked, some of them are completely rewritten because I'd say it very differently to teenagers sure. than I would <laughs> to adults who are going to talk to teenagers. And some of the chapters are just completely um, new. Uh, but that's really the origin, was from students literally saying, I would read this if it was written for teenagers. Yeah. And um, as I've given the book away, um, yeah, that, that still is, is a lot of the feedback I'm getting from students is uh, yeah, these are these are all questions that we're asking, and um, I don't think that many teenagers come up and say, "John, tell me more about the Trinity." <laughs> right? Um, so some of them aren't explicitly questions that they're going to outright ask the way that they show up in the table of contents. But then the students get the book and they look at that and they go, "Yeah, I really am very confused about like what is the deal with the Trinity." Hmm. Right. So it's not always questions that they're going to ask off the top of their head as a felt need. Um, but they are questions that teenagers are asking that they are curious about. Um, and so there's so, some more doctrinal questions like the Trinity and there's other, uh, definitely felt need topics like, uh, mental health, anxiety, depression, hmm. um, and you know, sexual and, uh, gender identities and things like that too.
0: Yeah. No, I like that because, yeah, like you said, there's going to be just those common questions that, that students are asking, uh, but then those like the Trinity and other kind of doctrinal questions, they're not necessarily going to ask, but vitally important uh, for their faith. Um, and so may, maybe talk a little bit about that of, um, uh, not only the, the, the deeper, uh, theological kind of doctrine type questions, uh, but also the others as well, um, Was it challenging, you know, writing these in a way that's accessible for
1: teenagers? And I guess, you know,
0: yes, it was, but how how did you go about (laughs) trying to communicate that to teenagers?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as a veteran youth pastor, a lot of these are topics that I've talked about with teenagers for Mm -hmm. a long time. So thankfully I wasn't starting from zero, um, you know, um, but it is it is difficult like one of the most challenging chapters frankly was the chapter about end times right will jesus hmm. really return hmm. um because i wanted to be very fair about the different um eschatological viewpoints and so how do you chap- how do you summarize all the different eschatological perspectives um summarizing each one in one paragraph (laughs) in a way that someone who believes that viewpoint would read it and say, yes, that's accurate. That is, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that is what I believe. And then to pull together the common threads of what do we all agree on? And then to apply, like, why does this matter? Like Mm -hmm. just pastorally, like as a Christian, here's why this is so important for us to believe that Jesus really will return. Um, whatever viewpoint you fall on, here's why this matters, right? So it, 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 some of the chapters took a lot of time, uh, for four or five page chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a little bit like Mark Twain saying, I didn't have time to write you a short letter. So I wrote you a long one instead. <laughs> uh, sometimes short writing <laughs> oh, yeah. is uh really difficult and time consuming, but for sure, um, I, I trust it'll serve our our students well.
0: Yeah, I, I've loved that Mark Twain quote, and I've used that a little bit. That, yeah, I mean, oftentimes we as youth workers, it is more challenging to try to communicate something that's mm-hmm. headier um, to uh, you know younger students. Um, so yeah, I know that that comes through in the writing. What What were some of those other questions that you do cover? Uh, in the book, I mean, those you're talking about—mental health, anxiety, mm-hmm. depression—and I know we were kind of joking pre-recording that sometimes you write these books and then they come out, and it's been a while since you've kind of been in it, and so you, you might even struggle to to look through. Um, I mean, I see you, and I can tell, kind of behind the scenes, he's having to grab a copy of his books. So I, I was trying like, to buy oh, him some I, <laughs> I was just curious, some of the ones that you try to cover.
1: Oh, um, some of the the ones I really enjoyed writing um, were, is it okay to doubt?
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I, it feels weird to mm-hmm. say, but I, I'm a big fan of doubt. Oh, yeah. um, I'm just a really, I've just always been a very naturally curious question uh, hmm. asking person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot of our students who are the same way and ask a lot of questions often feel like, stop asking so many questions, right? Stop being so difficult. Um, so like, is it, is it okay to doubt? Like wh- what's a what's a healthy kind of doubt and mm-hmm. what's an unhealthy kind of doubt a- instead of just labeling all doubt as bad, mm-hmm. not just have more faith. Right. So that, that was a fun one. Um, I think another important one, um, is about how can a loving God send anyone to hell? Um, mm. one of my, oh. um, Concerns uh, theologically uh, in student ministry is uh, I think a lot of the more grace filled, gospel centered tribe, um, not just youth ministry, but just in general, um, I think sometimes we don't want to be those type of Christians. And I don't want to be like a hellfire and brimstone. So we just never talk about judgment. Uh, we never talk about the wrath of God. We never really mm-hmm. talk about the law um, and our sinfulness. And um I, I think that there's a, a fair bit of Christian universalism uh growing up under our noses that um that we just need to be aware of. Uh and so mm-hmm. yeah, I think this chapter on how can a loving God send anyone to hell uh hopefully is very instructive and helpful for our students because I think that's a question that every church kid um wrestles with and, and asks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. I mean, that's, I'm so glad you're including that in there. Um, because yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying that yes, we need to emphasize grace. We, we need to to talk about grace and get our students to grasp it. But an aspect of that is, you know, a full picture of the gospel does involve punishment, does involve, um, e- an eternity that's awaiting all of us. And so we can shy away from that kind of uh, discussion at times. So I'm glad you're including that in there. Yeah. So
1: yeah, And, um, yeah, I, I hope the chapter on prayer is helpful too, right? Um, why pray if God will do what he wants? Because mm-hmm. that's a question that I struggled with personally for quite a quite a while. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of really saying, um, why pray if God will do what he wants? Why pray if God isn't sovereign?
0: Mhm. Like,
1: what's the point of prayer if God can't answer it?
0: Hmm.
1: Um, why pray for someone's salvation if He's like, oh yeah, I really want them to believe too." <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, just trying to help, give confidence to say, "Look, we pray because God is sovereign, uh, uh, and and because the Lord has commanded us to. He has told us to." Um, but we we don't use God's sovereignty as an excuse. Not to pray. Yeah, he's just going to do it anyway. Like, we we pray with faith because he's sovereign. So, hmm. yeah, you know, those are a few of the chapters that that I really yeah putting together.
0: No, that's that's good. And yeah, I look forward to digging more into that one. And just to to remind our listeners, uh, check out the show notes. I'll have all of these books uh, linked, as well as Youth Pastor Theologian's website. We'll have that up there. Um, and I think now we're we're going to maybe. Turn the tables, and Mike's going to interview me a little bit. And so, if you're listening to this on our podcast channel, we'll have just a brief break and then we'll be back with more.
1: I will welcome back, and I'm glad to be uh, talking with John Parrott. And, John, I got a few questions for you. So, for uh, the youth pastor, theologian community, uh, it's kind of funny how how these things work out. So, um, I, it's, it's funny. You you look at the different, very similar type of ministry philosophy, like biblically deep, rich student ministry organizations. And, um, uh, reformed youth ministries is very Presbyterian. Uh, (laughs) rooted ministry is very Anglican and, uh, YPT is very Baptist. (laughs) And so it, uh, it's funny how we can kind of fall into these little cloisters and, and such, but I, I really um, love reformed youth ministry. Uh, when I came to your youth leader training a couple mm. years ago, uh, we had a good laugh that I was the only Baptist there, um, <laughs> but I, I was never made to feel like mm. I didn't belong. It was just That's kind good. of a funny little joke together. Yeah. Um, so it, it, for, for YPT listeners who may be unfamiliar with Reformed Youth Ministry, could you just share a little bit about what is RYM and what's mm-hmm. uh, what's your ministry philosophy that you advocate for?
0: Yeah, sure. No, no thanks. And yeah, it was great having you there. And um, it's interesting, too. Um, Yes, definitely. There's a lot of Presbyterian uh, influence in churches and all that that are involved, but RYM is not directly tied to any denomination. Mm -hmm. Um, And so kind of backing up, just giving some of the history. So um, uh, we recently celebrated 50 years of ministry. So 1972, there were three youth workers who were kind of tired of the fun and games Youth ministry, and they wanted to start a conference uh, that was centered on the preaching and teaching of the word. And so they launched a, the first conference again back in 1972. And that's kind of all RYM was for for decades it was just one summer youth conference and i think maybe there was a second i know we've been looking at some of the history recently and um rc Sproul was an early speaker at one of these conferences which is awesome. fun to to think about um yeah. him being there but uh so we've expanded to um and really our our three avenues of ministry are conferences training resources and so rym currently has six summer youth conferences uh, there's one in Colorado, three in Florida, uh, one in Maryland, and then one in Texas.
1: And these are for student ministers to bring their teenagers to.
0: That's exactly right. Yeah. And so um, there's, let's see, I think it's four um, senior high conferences and then two uh, middle school conferences. Um, Yeah. And and really, and so it's about, I don't know, 5,000 students that come in a summer close to there. And um, yeah, we have, Presbyterians, Baptists, non-denominational, a, um, a, a mix for sure that, that come to these in, in the summers. And, um, you know, the hope is to expand that as well. Uh, I mean, we're, we're praying, thinking about uh, getting more on the West Coast as well. Um, but yeah, you can go and check out all of our, our conferences on our website, rym.org. You'll, you'll see the three avenues and um, something we, we've said about Youth ministry for a while is that youth ministry isn't just ministry to youth; it's ministry to families, and so um, that's really where some of the the youth leader training came about. And I, I don't know if it was maybe 2008 when they intentionally kind of launched a youth leader training. Uh, we have uh, two of these. Uh, one is in Nashville, Tennessee. It takes place the last week in January, the last full week in January every year and then we've partnered with CPYU, that's Center for Parent Youth Understanding. I'm sure those who listen to YPT have heard of Walt Mueller and CPYU plenty of times. And of course, we mentioned Walt just a little earlier, um, but but that's near Pittsburgh area um, and it's early March. I don't have the exact dates, uh, but, you know, those, those training events, uh, we're trying to really talk about a, a lot of what you were talking about earlier, Mike, is uh, to, to give people a, a philosophy of ministry. And then something we say oftentimes is that we have a fixed theology and a flexible methodology, uh, that we have a theology that mm-hmm. does not oh change, you know, and, and uh, we're going to work out of that. And uh, the way in which that theology could be applied in your context, wherever it is, might look different in terms of methodology, uh, but there are are things you know about our theology that are not going to change that we're going to cling to and um and so it's you know an encouraging time and yeah mike it was encouraging to have you there and that was the year right after covid where it was kind of uh, you know a hybrid youth leader training it was just a little bit different um from uh some of our others and so we kind of combined both training events into one and so it was just a little different um but then we also at RYM, we have resources. That's our third avenue of ministry. And that's, that's where I serve as the director of resources. Um, Mike, you were talking about eschatology a minute ago. Um, we have, uh, I think off the top of my head, 12 free Bible studies that are yeah, available no right reason. now. And and one of those is eschatology 101. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we thought even the title of that, you know, are students going to be interested, but they are very interested in end times and, you know, we think of just so much in popular culture from zombie movies to all kind of post-apocalyptic type things. I mean, there's an obsession with the end times and, um, and so, you know, if anyone goes to our website, they can download those free Bible studies. We try to release about two of those every year. Um, we just want to serve the local church and give away good resources for free, so please be sure to, to check those out. Um, we also have a podcast entitled The Local Youth Worker, um, and that's a weekly podcast that comes out. We have authors on there, uh, professors, counselors, youth workers, um, I mean, the title is, is emphasizing just just the local youth worker in every congregation and, and trying to serve them. And we know that some youth workers are serving in very lonely contexts where they don't get a lot of interaction. And so we hope that it just kind of fosters somewhat of a, a community uh, for those who are kind of uh, working alone, because we know that youth ministry can be a very lonely place. And so it's mm-hmm. Uh, w- when we started that podcast, we were focused specifically on the youth worker and serving them, but it's been interesting to hear, um, how many parents tune in to the podcast yeah. and listen to the podcast. And so that's definitely grown over time. Um, and so that's a little bit of what we do. Um, I know you were also going to ask about the, the track series. Um, and that's something that I can point people to as well. Um,
1: yeah. but I c- yeah, t- can you share uh, what are some of the different titles in the track series mm-hmm. and um, yeah, w- w- what's that all about?
0: Yeah. And so kind of backing up, given uh, just a little bit of um, some backstory there. So um, when I was uh, the youth director at a church uh, in the Jackson, Mississippi area, um, we, we would do an orientation every year of kind of first time parents coming into the ministry and trying to just give them a big picture of the ministry and um, also encourage them in that um, uh, orientation that they are the the primary disciplers of their children, and that we're not uh, trying to take their job away for them from them, and to to encourage them in that. And um, Timothy Paul Jones is a name that. Uh, many are familiar with. Uh, So I went to uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, and Timothy Paul Jones is one of my professors, and he's written on family ministry and a lot of other things. But he says that oftentimes uh, parents hear from the church that they are the primary disciplers of their children, but that they feel that the church fails in giving them resources to properly disciple their children. And so just one of the things I would try to do for parents coming into the ministry was just give them a document that had some suggested books Mm -hmm. to be reading alongside their children. And I kind of had that broken up into to grades, kind of here's some more junior high level, here's maybe ninth and 10th and here's some for 11th and 12th and just kind of try to lay out some of that. Um, Fast forwarding to to my time with RYM, we created a uh, student discipleship guide um, with Josh Byers, who some people may be familiar with. He does visual theology with Tim Challies, and um, that's a free PDF um, that begins in the sixth grade and goes all the way through 12th and breaks it down to fall, uh, winter, spring, summer, uh, just books to be reading or to be putting into the the hands of uh, your children. And so that's um, a guide that kind of came from that. And really the track series, I know this is kind of a long backstory, kind of came out of this concept. Um, and a lot of what we say is that one of the primary ways we can be discipling the, the next generation is to disciple them to be readers, that God yeah. chose a book to reveal himself, um, that, that we cannot overstate the significance of words um, in, in Christianity. And so we wanted to create some booklets that, are accessible, um, but written specifically for students, um, and so they're accessible just by the size. If you saw uh, one of these booklets in the track series, um, you know they're about the size of an iPhone, maybe you know a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are currently fifteen titles in the the track series, and uh, the bi- the three big categories are doctrine, Christian life, and then culture, and some of the doctrine titles that we have, and I guess I should say all of the titles of these are a student's guide to blank. And so we have a student's guide to sanctification, student's guide to glorification, justification, um, missions. Uh, We also have a student's guide to anxiety, depression, uh, gaming, um, a student's guide to uh, womanhood, um, let's see, dating, marriage, and sex, uh, there's more out there that I'm, I'm forgetting, uh, but I know we've got some coming out soon, one on rest, uh, one on body image. Um, and so our, our hope is about every six months or so uh, to be releasing three new titles. Uh, we, we partnered with Christian Focus Publication to, to release these. Um, they're about Three ninety nine, I think, on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, some of them are four ninety nine. So, and, and you can buy them in bulk too, and get those those cheaper. But really, these are designed for youth workers to put in the hands of students um, that they can. They're written for students, even though some of these are written by Ligan Duncan and Derek Thomas and
1: and That's others. I was just going to highlight. I mean, some of the yeah. names. <laughs> I don't know how you got some of these authors. To, to I don't. I don't either. In this series, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah
0: very impressed well yeah we were excited that um so i know like steve nichols did one on apologetics Mm -hmm. and i mean you know i serve as the the series editor for these books and i I joke and i say i take people's work and i I dumb it down uh, so that (laughs) others can understand it um but I, i was just so impressed i mean steve nichols just highlighting him you know brilliant theologian um but, but he communicated in such an accessible way where I felt like his work was just kind of untouched on um, modifying it. And, you know, sometimes it's just changing the verbiage and the examples to, to resonate yeah. more with students. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been encouraging. And, and again, looking at these books, uh, we have uh, Baptists that, that have written these Presbyterians, uh, just others. And so really trying to, and that's something just as, our um, wham kind of as as a whole, um, although we we kind of were birthed out of the Presbyterian Church, uh, trying to be broad in uh, just uh, our, our reach and um, uh, to to not be tied specifically to a denomination. And so, what well, we've tried to show that in various ways, but in this specific way with our track series to to get a lot of different authors involved from from various backgrounds, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's our hope that youth workers can take these little booklets and can hand them out and use those in small groups, even maybe modify some of these to large groups. But, um, I feel like I've been talking a lot and I need to stop and let you, <laughs> you jump in, but that's, a, that's a little bit about the no, track
1: series. I, I love the track series. Uh, they're short accessible. Um, yeah, if, if you want to have, a, I, I was even thinking, I mean, some of these could be really good for like a baptism class or mm. just a short. Deep dive, um, so like I, I know a, a lot of youth pastors I've been hearing from and uh, getting pictures, which has really been fun um, of mm. uh, them using the the Discover book with their yeah. students. But there's twenty chapters in Discover. I mean, so that's that's a good portion of your school year yeah. if you're going to do one a week. Uh, the track series is really really great and could even just be like, you know, what? we're going to have a three week Bible study or we're going to have a four week study on glorification um, or on, you know, end times or like mm-hmm. choose one of the books and just have a short term Bible study. Um, maybe it's between sports seasons when students might be more available or during, you know, Christmas vacation or uh, there's lots of different ways that you can have like a, a short term. Bible study. That's like a, a deep dive for kids who are ready for that. Mm-hmm. And I think the track series is a really outstanding resource for it. So, um,
0: I appreciate that encouragement as you're saying that I'm thinking to, you know, every chapter has discussion questions at the end. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to kind of have that, um, yeah. time if it's small group, just to have some questions at the end can be helpful too.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. Um, so, you recently came out with a devotional for students about social media pressure. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what prompted, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you to write a book about social media. Um, how in the world can social media? <laughs> I'm saying this emphatically. right? How can social media negatively impact a student's life? I've never imagined that could happen. I know, right? It's like, it's, it's all tell good. Us a little bit about this, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, no, um, yeah. So this this past summer, uh, New Growth Press released "Social Media Pressure," uh, subtitle: Finding Peace Alongside Jesus. And it's a devotional book. Um, so uh, they had released a, another book in this series, and I think it's "Alongside Jesus" is the title. Um, yeah. so, some people may know Drew Hill, who wrote "Alongside." Um, they kind of from that developed a, a devotional "Alongside Jesus." And so this book, "Social Media Pressure," is the second in that series. Um, and it's some devotionals that you know will hopefully. Uh, again, written for teenagers that, that hopefully will just help them be more thoughtful in their engagement with social media. Uh, we know social media is here to stay. Um, uh, yes, there are there's legislation and, and other kind of conversations taking place where uh, stricter rest- restrictions and boundaries might be put in place to kind of um, make it less accessible to teenagers. But until then, I mean, we as as youth workers, as parents, uh, need to be discipling our students on how to utilize uh, social media in a way that can be be God honoring. And yeah, it, it's it was challenging, you know, writing uh, a devotional um, to just uh, yeah try to guide students in this. Um, but, but yeah, it's it's my hope that at least uh, some of it's going to introduce them to a biblical worldview and just more thoughtful engagement of how they you know, pick up their devices and interact with various social media platforms.
1: Yeah. All right. So let, let us hear a little bit more about that. So how does a gospel-shaped worldview inform the way we engage with social media mm-hmm. and, and from a teenager's perspective?
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, so much with social media, we, we talk about anxiety and we talk about depression and kind of yeah. those on on the rise because of these devices. And so really with this devotional, there's kind of a, a thread of fear that runs through each chapter um, because that's such a common emotion and aspect from fear of missing out and and all sorts of other things. And so I thought it would be appropriate to begin the book. And I should say, the structure of the book, it's, it's a four-week devotional and there's four entries every week. And so there's some grace days that are woven throughout each week. So if students are busy, they get behind, yeah. um, but, you know, it's okay if they, if they miss some days, but the first section, so that first week is trying to establish the fear of the Lord. Um, and so the, the hope is, I mean, you know, with any topic, uh, we begin with God, right? And so mm-hmm thinking with social media, okay, instead of just diving into various platforms and issues, we've got to start with, with God. And so mm-hmm. trying to get students to see how a fear of the Lord uh, will shape uh, how they pick up their device, what they say, you know, on various platforms, and even sharing a story from my childhood of how I was talking bad about uh, one of my friends. And I was just kind of speaking openly in the classroom, not kind at all. And his mom walked into the room right as I was saying that. <laughs> and I knew I was speaking loud enough to where she heard that uh, you know, outside the classroom, and I was just absolutely mortified. And yeah. so kind of taking that illustration for students to see, okay, our, our God is looking at everything we say on yeah. on social media, everything we, we like, we choose not to like, to withhold likes. Um, he's looking at all of that. And so how can just a fear of God shape how we interact on, on social media. And so that's kind of the, the, the first introductory one is, mm-hmm. is the fear of the Lord and kind of growing that through the first week. Um, but that's a little bit um, just kind of the, the, uh, theology driving our worldview there.
1: Yeah, that's good. All right. So for, for youth workers, um, I mean, I think part of the reality is to do student ministry today is to be, engaged in social media. I mean, I I have a hard time picturing, um, youth ministry without leveraging social media to some Mm -hmm. point or degree. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are some general guidelines that you recommend for youth workers to evaluate their own use of social media? And what are some, um, some boundaries you would encourage youth workers to have to model a, a healthy, engagement with social media for their students?
0: Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. And really, I think you're kind of giving the answer right there. It, it's it's realizing that we are modeling something, you know, that, um, you know, we can talk about the various stats. I know some say it's in the ballpark of seven to nine hours of screen time a day for, for teenagers. And we can say all those things and we can lament that. But what I often say is that we need to realize we're worse than teenagers (laughs) that so often we can lament how much they're they're on it. But in a lot of circumstances, uh, teenagers have more boundaries on them than, than we do with us. And we all know these devices are designed to be addictive and uh, some of the most brilliant minds in the world. Engineers are uh, behind these uh, platforms to keep us on them more constantly. And so, um, for us to, to recognize that and recognize, I guess, if we want to put it this way, the plank in our own eye before we see the speck in our students' eyes, excuse me. And so I think that's a good place to start is kind of humbly realizing we're, we're fellow strugglers. And, and I think talking about that with our, our students, um, saying that as youth workers of, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm, challenging you guys on this specific aspect of social media, but you need to realize that like I'm struggling too, that this is not something I'm, I'm immune to. And so kind of beginning with humility, I think is the first thing. And to, to speak uh, more openly about our own struggles um, as we're talking about modeling, being aware that our students are watching us, um, that if you're interacting with students and you typically have a phone in your hand and you're or have a smartwatch. And as they're talking to you, you're constantly checking your watch and looking at, but we just have to be aware of those things because in many ways we are giving license to our students to, uh, interact with technology in that same way. Mm-hmm. And so we've just, we have to be cautious of, of really, uh, yeah, just the, the way that we're modeling and to, to take up practices and, and even for us to be vocal in some of those practices of, hey, students, here's some things I try to do to have a healthier engagement with social media and just uh, something I would encourage you to do. Um, But yeah, I mean, at the same time, recognize, okay, that's where our students are and uh, we can utilize these platforms um, to try to reach them and to interact with them. And, you know, at the same time, I, I do wanna push back on that a little bit because I do hear a lot of people say, yeah, that's where our students are. So I've got to be there. And, you know, we, we need to be aware that we can communicate a lot by our absence, um, and, and yeah. not our presence. And so, um, I think it's important for youth workers to hear. It could, it could be an option to not be on social media and to, to not be interacting all the time. And, um, and so not to diminish that of, of just our absence there and, and feeling like we always have to be on and always have to respond and always have to interact. And, um, yeah, cause I, I do think there can be a lot of pressure on youth workers to feel like they've always got to be on it and always interacting mm-hmm. and always posting something. And, um, and so just uh, to have some balance there. Um, I know I kind of rambled a little bit. I don't know if I got at your specific question, but hopefully no, that's some of really that. Good.
1: No, that's <laughs> really helpful. And I appreciate your, your gentle uh, and humble pushback on, um, yeah, the necessity of youth workers to to be on social media. Um, so, but yeah, that, I think that's a good word of what do we communicate by our absence and by our physical presence instead. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's
0: well, good. And I always want to say, and, and I feel like we we've always um, you know have to to preface with uh, the good of technology. You know, as we talk about social media, I mean, there, there are just horrific evils uh, that we are aware of. And in some ways we, we can downplay the, the serious concern of uh, some of these de- devices and technologies. But at the same time, as believers, uh, we have to be pro-technology. You know, as we look at uh, the creation mandate, Genesis 1, 26 through 28, that's encouraging us. Um, to, to be pro-technology, that we should be advancing technologically speaking. And so as, as Christians, what we, we need to be excited about technology and, and think of the ways in which we can minister through smartphones and social media. Um, but we also have to be incredibly cautious, just as with any good gift, we must steward it wisely. And so yeah. um, to steward these devices well. Um, so yeah, I always just want to say that um, in, in the midst of this conversation. <laughs>
1: All right, that's a good word. All right, here's my last question. This is a throwback for uh. you. So, this is a long time ago. Um, I, I've I've always wanted to talk with you uh, on a podcast about Time Out, the gift or God of youth sports. Uh, wow. Do you even remember writing that book? That was probably so long Vaguely. ago. Vaguely. Um, yeah. So, my first introduction to you was when you were on Waltz podcast to talk mm. about this book. And I was like, Oh man, this guy's amazing. And I love him. <laughs> um, so could you just tell us a little bit, um, tell youth workers about, about this, this book. So it was published in 2018, uh, with Christian focus timeout, the gift or God of youth sports. Uh, can mm. you just share a little about that book and, um, yeah. How, how can youth workers navigate the love hate relationship we all have with youth sports.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're right. That, that was a long time ago. And um, so really, you know, I would say most youth workers that are out there listening to this can lament um, youth sports and just kind of shake our head when we think about how involved our students can be. I mean, I had students who would tell me when football season came along um, Hey, I'll, I'll, you know, it was August and they'll say, Hey, I'll, I'll see you in December. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, wow. Okay. It's, and they weren't good. kidding. Yeah. Yes, no, no, absolutely. Because they just knew the, the level of involvement from weightlifting to practices, they were just going to be absent from, uh, the student ministry. And so, um, I would say many out there are, are familiar with that. And so, you know, serving in student ministry for a time, um, there were always frustrations about youth sports, and and I guess I should even back up and say, uh, my wife was a college athlete. Um, I played soccer in junior college. That's no, nothing to brag about. I'm just saying I, I like sports, and our family likes <laughs> no, you're not sports. Anti sports. Yes, we're not anti sports. And so, at the same time, when I got in student ministry, I just saw um, how idolatrous. It was because I was on the other side of sports now, and it was, yeah. uh, I was blinded to kind of a lot of that, uh, just being involved in it. And I'm um, just seeing kind of the negative impact of students and students, um, and, and families just being divided. And so, um, when I went to Southern Seminary, um, and, uh, I worked on a Men at Southern Seminary and part of that D-min program, you're developing a thesis. And I thought, you know what, I've, spent so much of the ministry lamenting youth sports and haven't had a lot of time to really dig into this subject. And so I thought I would use this topic to just kind of dig into more and to read more and to think more about and interact with others. And so that's really where Timeout came from, was from my work at Southern Seminary. And really the, the book just takes a stewardship approach to, to sports. And um, wants to highlight the good of sports and praise sports and how the Lord can use sports, but also um, all, you know, recognize the, the idolatrous nature of it and the, the difficulties of it and the challenges. And, and so, yeah, there's, you know, I knew it wouldn't be the most popular book to write and it would probably be stepping on some toes. Yeah. Um, but I do hope those who are thoughtfully engaging the topic will see, okay, yes, It's pro sports, but at the same time, there's a lot that we as Christians are blind to, and uh, you know we're not stewarding this like we we can or should. And you know, there's there's a lot in the book that doesn't give definitive answers. It just raises questions um, because it's hard to prescribe certain things. You know that that the the scriptures don't specifically speak to, and so you know it gets into Sabbath rest. It gets into just discipling our own children, making time for that, saying no, all kinds of things like that. So, um, yeah, I hope it's something youth workers can use. I hope it's something youth workers can borrow to kind of put in the hands of parents that sometimes youth workers, you're in the awkward place of, uh, not being able to challenge parents, uh, in, in a way that's, that's easy for you. And so when you can say, Hey, here's something somebody else said, um, <laughs> you know, be mad at him. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that can, can help you all. But yeah, it's, it's written for, for anyone passionate about discipling students and sports as well. Um, so coaches, teachers, parents, youth workers. Um, so I hope it's helpful.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh- um You're, well look, you didn't see that one coming, did you? No, I did
0: not <laughs> I did not <laughs> um glad I had some kind of yeah uh memory of of writing that and um yeah, but uh glad to glad to talk about it. Glad it was a help to you and I had totally forgotten about that podcast with with Walt talking about that.
1: <laughs> That's good. It's good stuff,
0: yeah. Well, Mike, look, this, this has been fun. It's been fun getting to, to catch up. And as we said, we don't know exactly how this will air on our own individual podcast channels, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's fun to kind of get to, to play interviewer, but then also be interviewed on our own podcast. Cause I know we're, we're often in the interview chair. Um, but That's thanks, great. thanks for all you're doing. Thanks for your friendship. It was great to see you in person last week at the, the gospel coalition. Um, yeah, and look forward to just hearing more of what you're doing at Youth Pastor Theologian.
1: Yeah, agreed. And uh, my affection for Reformed Youth Ministries runs deep. And um, I think I told you this just the other uh, the other week when we saw each other. But um, when I, I came out to, to Nashville uh, for the Youth Leader Training Conference that you guys host, um, I, I was in a pretty uh, emotionally mm-hmm. and spiritually raw state. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was one of the hardest uh, seasons of my own life personally. Hmm. And, um, yeah, RYM and, um, and you, uh, had a real, um, gracious ministry, uh, for me personally. And so, uh, I, I really love, uh, your ministry and what you guys do and, uh, joyfully send, uh, youth pastor theologians to, uh, to go check out RYM and everything you guys offer.
0: Hmm. We'll, we'll praise God for that. And yeah, look forward to, to many more conversations for sure.
1: Indeed.